Hello everyone, this is Marcus, the creator of Butte Podcast. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. The first thing is that it's absolutely free. The second thing is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more platforms. I know you're wondering, what must I do next? I'm glad you asked. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started. This is Marcus, the creator of Rebuke, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace. Good evening, you all. This is Patrick, uh, broker owner, Alabama Mortgage Lending. Uh, we're here locally. Uh, office address is 3316 uh, Bob Wallace Avenue here in Huntsville. And my phone number is 256-990-5789. And uh, office number is 256-880-4900. And you can always catch us on the web. Uh, it's uh, com. So we have all the programs for first-time homebuyers. From FHA, conventional, no money down, VA, USDA, you just name it. And uh, we're glad to help you get your dream home. And we'll also be there for you to walk you through the whole process and just make the home buying a smooth and good transition. Oh, and, you're, and you're listening to Rebute here in Huntsville. I am Sandra Brazelton. We are proud of our 30 years of real estate experience. We are Quality Tech Properties right on Jordan Lane beside O'Reilly's across from WEUP. You can reach us at 256-837-2229, 256-837-2229. SandraForHomes.com will allow you to shop for your dream home. We work with buyers, sellers, builders, and investors. I'm a real estate broker and instructor. We have a mortgage and insurance background. We have a one-stop shop philosophy with housing and credit counseling. My husband's a home inspector. So for all your buying, selling, building, and investing needs, the only number you need to remember is 256-837-2229. We are proud of our top 1% nationwide credentials. We are your solution provider. We make home ownership happen, and we're very honored to celebrate 30 years of success in the Huntsville community. We are proud to be with Rebuke. We're going to make it happen. Build some generational wealth. My name is Alexandria Brazelton, better known as Alex Brazelton, and I have been helping buyers, sellers, and investors for over 14 years here in the Huntsville, Alabama area. I am your real estate success builder, anxiety reliever, and wealth protector. You please follow me on Instagram at Alex B. Realtor and on Facebook at Alex Brazelton. My number is 256-837-2229. We're located at 2622 Jordan Lane, and this is Rebuke.
Hey everyone, this is Marcus, the realest man in Huntsville, and you're listening to Rebuke. Today is our third episode, and we have a great topic to discuss. Before we get into that, I'd like to give thanks to everyone, my friends, and uh, not my fans, but my friends and family for uh, the support and the, giving me the drive to do this. And before we engage to the first the, the topic today, we're going to have our guests introduce themselves, tell them what they uh, what they do for a living and the number of ex uh, years of experience, and then we go and indulge in the topic, starting with my right. Hello, viewers. This is Patrick, a.k.a. broker-owner, Alabama Mortgage Lending. I've been in the mortgage industries uh, about 19 years, and um, quite frankly, uh, I love it. just love it. Huntsville is a great market, great potential, and um, I'm here to answer questions, and. Um, help with my expertise to see how we can help our communities and, you know, help folks get into houses. Okay. Thank you. Good. You say how many years you have got experience? Well, 19 years. 19 years. And you, ma'am? I'm Sandra Brazelton. I have been here since first grade. I did engineering for about 16 years, been in business 30 years. We are quality tech properties. We have top 1% nationwide credentials. My master's degree is in business. We have one stop with buying, selling, building, and investors. My husband's a home inspector. And we just want to help you build and retain generational wealth. That's our goal. That's why we're here in the community. We're committed to that. Thank you, Ms. Browserton. And the last but not least, we have... I am Alexandria Brazelton. Everybody calls me Alex, and I have been selling real estate for 14 years. I am second generation associate broker of Qualitech Properties, and we are celebrating 30 years of being in business this year. In addition, I broker and manage my own property management company. Ooh, look at that. That sounds great. Okay, then. We go ahead and indulge in the topic today, and the reason why, I, uh, before I give you my title, I'm going to give you the the reason why I picked this title. Uh, when I was, um, I was excited to to uh, uh, buy a home, and when I bought my first home, and I'm saying, very excited, uh, got the, the experience, getting away from home, getting away from my mom and all that. Uh, but recently, I've been running across articles on Facebook the New York Times and various articles talking about uh, black ownership in America. In 2015, black home ownership rate was virtually unchanged since 1968. The homes, homes ownership rate among white Americans is about 64%. Put it another way, black home ownership is now as, as low as when house discrimination was legal. Out of 47 million blacks in the United States, only 3% of blacks own a house. So today's title of the show is Where is My Castle? Black Home Ownership Decline. And I want to ask, I want to ask uh, the first question to all, all three of you. What is causing the low numbers in home ownership for blacks, although we are currently living in an economic boom? Anybody want to tackle with that? Alex. Well, I want to say, first of all, that we are a part of the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. So not only are we realtors, we're realtists. Okay, what that mean? So the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, NARAB, was founded in 1947, and their main goal has been democracy and housing, Okay. Uh, specifically for African Americans. And when you look at some of their numbers, 
not only is it worse before 1968 when that act was passed, right now we're worse off than we were in the 1930s. We're about there. 1930s? That's the Great Recession. Yes, it's that bad. No, the Great Recession. I mean the Great Depression. Yes, yes. So, um, for, for me, definitely there's several reasons. One of them being college debt. Um... Let's, let's stop right there on college debt. Okay. Uh, I did the research, and college debt for African Americans is astronomical. About one in two African Americans in the United States will default on a college loan. So, if and you're not living in the United States, if you know that you most kids are going to college to get obtain a higher education. Why is college debt a hindrance for getting a house? What Fanny and Freddie Mac came up with is, if you have a student loan, the first option will be try to consolidate your loans, okay? That means you can have a pool by having a specific student loan servicer, like Navient, Nailnet, uh, U.S. Department of Education. Most times when you're still in school, it's deferred. Now, when this is deferred, it means you don't have to make a payment, and you have two different aspects of deferment. You can have the one that's almost like a income-based repayment plan, meaning you pretty much submit your income documents to your actual specific servicer for your student loan, and you get a minimum payment, sometimes as low as $50, $25. Now you have a payment plan. Now, the next one will be where you have what you call a Extended fixed repayment plan, meaning you can stretch your amortization or your terms of payment to 25 or 30 years. That means your payment will be lower. You can have a general standard payment that's 10 years. So what happens is if you're buying a house or want to buy a house, when you come to a lender like me, when we put your reports the first time, we look at you what you call the ratios. Now, those ratios, your ratio means your debt-to-income ratio. Okay. Okay? Yeah, break, break it down to the people. Yeah, it means your debt-to-income ratio. So we look at your income, and then we look at your credit reports. So the liabilities on your credit reports is actually your income against your liabilities gives you your debt-to-income ratio. So what we do is if you have a student loan that is on a regular 10-year plan, your payment is going to be higher. So on the standard uh, let's say $100,000, you might have a $700 a month payment. So what you do is we tell you to consolidate your loan. We take like 30 days, and you can ask for an extended fixed repayment plan. So what happens is the $100,000 goes stretched out for 25, 30 years, and that drops your payment from a $700, for example, to like a $320, $325. That empowers you to be able to qualify now to buy a house so student loans can things can be modified okay also if you don't have a payment it's strictly deferred that means you're still in school and you want to buy a house freddie and fannie mae came up with okay if you do a fannie mae loan which is a regular conventional loan we have to use one percent of the balance that is showing in your credit report as your payment. And then Freddie Mac came up saying, okay, 
I will allow you on conventional loans to use half a percent of your balance as your monthly payment. So student loans don't necessarily have to prohibit you from buying, but it can reduce amount of house you can actually buy. So you can still buy a house with student loans. You just have to meet the lender, talk to the lender, see your options. And if you want to start your repayment plan on your credit report, you can actually start that even before you graduate. But the, the, the bottom line is we, we coming up, well, the government is coming up with ways to help with student loan debt in terms of qualifying for mortgages, but at the same time, you still have to pay those debts. Now, it's worse when you ignore your student loans. So part of the problems we're having, to back to what Alex was saying, most people ignore the student loans. They would not pay, they would not call, they would not call to schedule payments when they have options, is the truth. And you now want to buy a house. That's where the problem starts. When we pull up your credit and we see you have a default on student loans, the government has what they call the cavers, okay? The cavers pretty much tells the government you owe the government a, you have a federal debt. On government loans, you have to have a clear cavers to close on any government loans. On conventional loans, you don't have to have the cavers. However, those collections, those debts, you now have to go back and talk to your servicer and get a, you know, get a plan. Get us your... Sally Mae? Yeah, well, Sally Mae, you have different services. Sally Mae, Navion, Great Lakes. You also have some private lenders out there on student loans, but the bulk of them is from the U.S. Department of Education. So you just have to go back now and structure and stop having an actual payment plan because as a lender, we want to know your mortgage is a 30-year mortgage. We want to see what your commitment would be with student loans in the next 25, 30 years while you have a mortgage. And if you cannot give us a payment, we're going to use 1% on conventional with Fannie Mae or half a percent. And we can still, you know, loan you. It's just you're going to buy less house because your student loans comes in place. I don't want to take up time. Y'all sound like y'all ready to eat and get indulged in that question, or you want me to go to the next one? Because he talked about affordable housing, and I want to indulge in that. But y'all want to add on, on, on that before I, I proceed? I think the main thing and the reason this is so important is that you have to have a strategic plan, and you have to begin with the end in mind. When you're in college or you're, you're working, your whole goal is to build wealth. We have to start with that basis to begin with the end in mind. There are some strategic things that we can do right now. Some other people take their student loans and they use that money to buy homes. They'll buy an investment property while they're still in school. They'll have their other roommates to be able to rent from them. So by the time they finish school, the house is paid for. Well, I never heard that in my life. All wealth is in the mind. Your mind has always been free, right? We have to change the conversation and stop being a consumer and be a producer of it because that's the cheapest money that you will ever get. So instead of going out and buying cars and credit cards and those kind of depreciating, yeah. then you use that to build wealth. So we just have to change the conversation and, and do it from a wealth building perspective because we make the money. The other thing is, like Patrick said, start where you are. Alex's first home was affordable for her as a teacher. So she was able to purchase that home and then keep it to continue to build wealth. So you have to have a vision and a plan for where you're going with this. I don't like people maxing out on their first home. The whole goal of real estate is to get all you can and can all you get, right? Yes, we, I, to speak on that, yeah. 
when I was trying to buy my first home and they said, Oh, you eligible for three hundred thousand dollar home. I said, We ain't I'm not buying no three hundred thousand home. Three hundred thousand dollars three hundred thousand dollar home and I ain't got no funds or any. I told her, Look, I want I want a house under two hundred K because our the same philosophy would you say? I don't want to be maxing out and I'm struggling and I gotta get another job just to just to, just the front in front of everybody. So that that wasn't happening. Well, one of the biggest things is that I want people to know because I have people that are act, either actually want to buy homes and they say, Alex, I just really don't think I can because of my student loan. That's why we need these type of forums to break down those myths and let people know it's possible. Because if True. you think it, you can achieve it, right? Correct. And so you may not get your dream home, your first home. No. If you mm-hmm. have a wealth-building psychology, keep that, undergird that, and continue to build wealth. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Thank you. Thank you for the information. Um, Patrick, you touched on something. Now, you're going to make me That's skip around, man, and <laughs> I don't like doing that, but I'm going to have to do it. Uh, I gave y'all some sheets and I looked at some, I went on blackdemographics.com and they use census numbers uh, to pull, you know, to talk about different aspects of the home. And you talked about affordable housing and that's one of the issues. And I'm looking on the chart here, years built on the homes, African-American house housing statistics and homes that is built. From 2014 or later, only 2.1% of African Americans have a home that that I guess that old. It's only time we get into double digits is from 2000 to 2009. So it tells me that only African Americans only can afford old homes. They can't afford newer, more state of the art, more more current homes. And is that because the wealth gap gap between African Americans and is 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 different from whites, and that's why they they don't want to buy a home, or they not uh, they choose to go the apartment route instead of getting a home. Um, few yeah, few reasons for that. Okay. One is we went back to the ratio thing. Okay, the ratio. debt debt no rate the debt debt to income ratio. Debt, what debt. debt to income ratio? What you can qualify for? Now, what normally happens is. African Americans, in most cases, we like to buy the have the big car payments. So, when we pull the credit report, you have a six hundred dollars Cadillac monthly payment. You have your, I'm being honest, I'm being honest, and you have for your spouse another seven hundred and twenty dollars, another SUV car payments. Now, guess what happens? You have just limited yourself. The amount of house you can buy, because all this comes in place when you have those maxed out credit card bills and car loans that are large. No, yeah, yeah, you you can buy, but the point is, it will impact your ability to buy the dream home that you want to. So those ratios come back in place. So to answer your question, a typical average. African American will nice buy a nice car. I mean, we love cars. Let's be real. We love cars, expensive cars. And if you're not paying it cash, that means you're financing it. And the probability of you financing with a huge monthly payment is right there. So when we pull your credit and we calculate your income, we just tell you you can only afford one hundred and twenty thousand. Bottom line. 
even though you came in you came in from your realtor or you came in application you wanted two twenty thousand dollars or you have the builder sent you over to my office on the new construction when i pull your credit and look at your whole details you can only qualify for 120,000. You know, that you're making a payment. Correct. So that's stopping you from buying the dream home or a bigger home. So that's one of the reasons. So our conspicuous consumption that has increased our debt on the back end comes to play when you're buying a house. That's one. Two, another reason I also see why you have some people that want to have play money even though they can afford a bigger house. I've had a client come in one time and with the incomes, they can afford over 200,000. And he told me, oh Pat, man, my, I was gonna dig into my play money, man. I need $500 every weekend. So now you have a $2,000 budget for play money and you wanna buy a $115,000 house so you can have extra $2,000 every month for your play money. So that's a personal decision, but it goes back to the demographics to answer your question why you have people that can actually, they're buying those smaller houses, you know, because that's all they can afford by choice in this case, or not by choice. Well, still by choice, but you, you got your, your ratios and your liabilities off the roof. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, I see that a lot with a lot of recent college graduates. Okay. You know, I finally graduated from college and now I'm making some money. And so the first thought is, let me go get a nice car. And then by the time they come and see us, their debt to income ratios are off and they really can't afford a home. So and then in some cases they've graduated, the family's happy. And not only do they want to buy themselves a car, you know, they might want to go buy mom a car co-sign for family and um yeah our co-sign for family and then yeah now they're kind of pushed out of the housing market mm. and when you talk about affordable housing today you know houses are becoming more and more unaffordable um you know i try to tell my clients when they are ready and they are pre-qualified and they are ready to go and they're like uh you know i, I don't i don't know i don't you know i really like this house but i don't know if i should go for it and i say hey if you just want to pay more money for it just wait six more months mm -hmm. especially with the way the market is going so one of the things we're doing that to address that is we have the house then the car campaign through NARAB. Okay. And we're putting that on college campuses. We're targeting the millennial mindset so that they can have their wealth building priorities. The house then the car.com. So we will have a community service at Drake on November 2nd to address that. But the main thing is that you have to build wealth. You have to have a wealth building mindset and not a consumer focused mindset. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to answer the question, Alex? Yeah, well, before we really go into the credit score and real estate, I want to just talk about what all credit score impacts because I don't think a lot of people realize it. But when you, you just mentioned that it affected your employment. Yes, I find it is discriminatory. Though, yes, it affects your health insurance. It affects other types of insurances. It might affect if you're going to, you know, try to get a business loan. It affects so many other things, and unfortunately... You know, people will correlate your credit score with your character, your integrity, and your reliability. So, yeah, it's a major issue in the black community, and it definitely affects housing. Um, and it kind of goes back to the student loan issue as well, because, as you mentioned, half of all 
blacks that take out student loans default. So once you default, that affects your credit score, which in turn, when you go to see Patrick, affects getting a mortgage, which in turn, you can't purchase a home. The down payment and interest rate is, is tied to your credit score. So the goal is for your credit score to be as strong as possible, and Patrick is going to give you those numbers. But what I found is that there's so much miseducation in that space, and there are simple things that we can do to improve our own credit score, but it, it starts with that awareness. You have to have a desire to have healthy credit. Healthy credit will make you millions or cost you millions. So if it's gonna be as impactful as Alex said, your homeowner's insurance, your health, your car insurance, everything that's tied to your credit score, we need to pay attention to that very early. I'm talking seven, eight, nine years old and not wait until we need it in order to prepare for it. You want to give me some numbers, Patrick? Yes. yes. Yeah, give me the numbers. I was talking I got. <laughs> <laughs> All right, credit yeah, scores, yeah, credit scores. Want, I do want to answer these last two questions, but go ahead. Credit scores, credit scores. There, as a lender, when we pull your credit, the first thing we look at is to take a peek at your, what your scores are. And I can tell you within five minutes of looking at your credit report and your scores, if I have a deal or not, bottom line. Because all I have to merch, match up is your income to that, okay? So now, what are the impacts of credit scores on lending? Your rate is determined by credit scores to an extent. We have a range, okay? When, we talk, when you're talking about rate, range, you're talking about okay. interest, we rate. Have some, yeah, interest rate. Yeah, interest rate. Your interest rate is impacted by your credit scores. We have loans as low as 580. In fact, we would have 560 scores and you can still buy a house. But at what rate? It's mm. going to be high. Yes, we have 560, we have 580. Those credit scores will impact the money you put down in terms of the down payment. If you have like a 560 score, you will need to put 10% down on an FHA loan, for example. If you have a 580 scores, you put the same 3.5% down payment but your rate's gonna be at least one percentage point higher or more than the average rate of today's rates. So, when you have a low scores. So you're telling me African-Americans are paying more for the same house than yes. their white counterparts? Yes, they are. They mm. are. And in most cases, at that, uh, when they start, they're okay with it, feeling like, oh, I just want a house. Yeah. You have some people just want a house, okay? Now, you have an option to get your scores better so you can refinance six months down the line. But those scores, the best scores is really over 760. Over 760, you got all the good perks that Fannie and Freddie and all the banks and lenders want. Really? I yes. had a 730, so oh. I get no perks. You, you got <laughs> yeah, some. You do, you do. Yeah. But you, say you, you have all of them over 760. <laughs> Somebody go to yeah, buy yeah. you over, over 760, <laughs> you have almost the same the same rate, the same benefits as an 820 or 802. Now, from 740 to 759 is the next kind of window, okay? It's also pretty good. You have some advantages as well, too, in terms of the down payment. When you buy the house, there are a lot of stuff that goes into your actual payment. Okay. Things like what are called lender paid mortgage insurance. Yeah. Okay? Things like borrower paid insurance. Now, all these are factored in with your credit scores, meaning what your rate will be on your MI, your mortgage insurance, depends on what your scores are. 
the down payment that you put down depends on your scores. I have programs where you have to put only 3% down if you have several hundred scores. I even have programs where you can have a construction loan. You over 740 scores, you can put down only 5%. So the scores can impact not only the down payment, it impacts your rate, impacts your total qualification for the loan. Now, if you have a standard FHA loan, a 680 scores is seen on the FHA world as average, meaning your, score, your rate's not gonna be too bad, okay? That's on an FHA loan. But a conventional loan is a different ballgame. If you're not in the 700 scores, your rate's gonna be a whole, well, it's gonna be higher than normal on a standard conventional loan. And your down payment's gonna be more. You might have to put 5% down, or in some cases, 10% down, because your scores are not in the 700s. Unconventional loans. Now, on VA loans, that's the most liberal in the government financing, because one, you have the benefits of the GI Bill, and you have those benefits for VA veterans where you don't have to have reserve. I can get you into a VA home 100% at 580 scores with no PMI. So, yes, there are you those. You wanted to break down the VA loan. Those are okay. only for veterans. veterans. Yes, okay. the, yes. Okay. The VA loans are for veterans. That's why okay. I asked how much time I have. Okay. Those are for veterans. You also have, if you're a reserve, yeah. uh, I believe you have to be like six years in the reserve okay. just to qualify. There are some different, you know, Got scenarios you. if you're still active and, oh, you know, just yeah, see, you. see me personally for yeah. all those ones. Gotcha. But the bottom line is your, your rates and your credit scores, I cannot stress it enough. But now, the next part is, if your score, if you're buying a house, I advise people two months ahead of time, check what your score is. Because sometimes we can help you improve your scores in 30 days. Mm-hmm. One of those big impacts on your score is not just being late. You can be paying perfectly on time on all your cards. But guess what? Your usage is high. To give an example, you're better off having five cards. Let's say it's a $1,000 limit. You're better off having five credit cards of 500 limits and you charge like $50, $50 on each card, then having one card of 500 and you max it out. Mm-hmm. You, you, you was about to say something. Yeah. We, we so, have a resource for that. I'm a certified housing and credit counselor. So, so, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail on that. It's just... Okay, hold uh, on, go ahead. Yeah, Don't let that you finish. Yeah, just the bottom line is those scores will impact how much you pay for your mortgage to impact how much you put down on your mortgage. So it's very important for people to have monitoring system on your credit report or to get in programs, like Ms. Sandra said, if you nail, you have challenge credit or you need to improve the scores before you even start buying a house. Now, Ms. Browselton, please explain. We have had clients from 19 to 82 year old that are, have been home buyers for us. Okay. One, one lady had been renting for 60 years, and it took a couple years for her to become mortgage ready. She was a 60 first, years? Six, six zero. Yes, but she did it. And her mortgage went down $100 a month, and she was about to be homeless because her fixed income 
was fixed, but the rent continued to go up. I'm a real estate instructor under Alabama law. Your rent can go up every year. We have solutions for that. We are we're certified housing and credit counselors. And the other spectrum is we have houses for $40 million in this market. We have a lot of new construction buyers who are making sure that they buy an appreciating area so they don't mind spending two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars on a home. So we don't need to just limit ourselves, but that credit will make you millions. So whatever you do, get on the get the right information so you can start building wealth. The purpose of healthy credit is to build wealth. Now you mentioned that you felt like credit scores and all that good stuff was what'd you say i said discriminatory discriminatory yes <laughs> so yeah there is some things happening on capitol hill where they're trying to push to you know what they're trying to say is the old scoring or the how we normally score credit they're saying it's old-fashioned and we do need to revamp it and so i think we should see something in the next couple of years perhaps but what they're looking to do is to focus on utility bills cell phone bills and your rent and really have that be a big part of your credit score so if that be the case that could help a lot of people get into homes one more thing to add in addition mm -hmm. to that actually some modifications have been done recently mm -hmm. on when you pull your credit i advise people please do not rely on just like credit karma right okay there are 30 40 50 percent sometimes off from the actual fair isaac score in your credit reports your credit card no the, the fair isaac score it's a fico system okay that actually the banks and the mortgage company use for lending all right now your standard credit karma just picks up your liabilities oh credit karma that online yeah, okay most okay. times you're gonna be 30 and 40 points off Mm. from the actual credit score that the lender will be using to qualify you for your mortgage. Okay. Now, some changes that they had not too long ago is where normally it takes longer time to have derogatory stuff in your credit now. Before, a creditor, all they have to do is pretty much sell you something, you're behind, and within 30 days they can put your derogatory stuff in your credit report. Now they have to go through more verifications and time before you can have a negative impact on your report. So it's changing a little bit to help people. That's when you have derogatory stuff to come on your report. The key is, is self-discipline and a budget. All right. You need to be accountable for your spending because credit is a privilege. They do not have to loan you money. It is a privilege. I feel like you look at me like I'm about to get spanking. <laughs> that's a privilege. All right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I want to talk about, let's see, I got, make sure I ask this. During, I have a chart here showing that black ownership from 2005 to 2018. It seemed like blacks were doing well under the Bush era and then boom, the Great Recession happened. And that's when you see the numbers for black own, home ownership go decline. And I know this for a fact because I lived in De uh, Metro Detroit area from 2009 to 2017. And I, I had a lot of friends that had to bail out on their homes or sign up for good programs and stuff. How can you expound on the Great Recession and and how is how is black people bouncing back from the Great Recession, or are they just abandoning 
owning homes altogether because of the the taxes and the property taxes and all that. Anybody want to go ahead, Patrick? Yeah. All right. We need to look at first of all how did that housing boom take place? It take place through it took place through the B and C lending. What we call B and C lending. Subprime. Those are subprime lending. Vultures. Okay. So, well, the the people were there to take it. Okay. And the investors were there to make money. The subprime lending was what increased the African American home ownership during that time. Bush era. During the Bush era, yes. It's simply because of it's not because the economy was too strong. It was just there were too many programs to qualify. There was just I can tell you back in the days, before the market meltdown. With a 720 scores, all I need is your name and where you work on a piece of paper, and I can get you 100% financing. I don't even have to see your income. Okay, yeah, I can have a 720 score at Walmart. Yes. <laughs> and, and all you have to state, yes. All you have to state, all I have to ask you legally is how much you make. I don't even have to see the There's no verification. There was no verification. no verification. And that's how we it's, got destroyed. So it's, so it's a stated income program. So what did most African Americans do? They cashed in on an opportunity and bought houses they couldn't afford. But statistics also show that during that time, even when they had the right credit score, mm-hmm. we were still three times likely to be given a subprime loan. So racial discrimination was still oh, happening. Now we well, talking, well, well, talking my language, well, Patrick. Well, well, let me let me come in there. That that right there is it, it depends, okay? As well, it depends. Lender, it, it depends, okay? As a lender, racism won't depend on what. No, no. Go I, ahead. I'm, I'm coming in. You have to be the borrower to agree to certain terms, okay? Okay. If you're African American. And you know you cannot afford this house. No, I, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. And you know you can't afford this house. I work at Walmart and I'm and, getting this 300K and, 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 house. And, and you, you come into to a lender's office and say, oh, I can get you a $300,000 house. Oh, I'm saying even when they had the credit scores and I, they weren't supposed to be offered that type of loan, they were still offered. Correct. We were three times more likely to be offered and correct. take that loan. Correct, correct, mm-hmm. correct. That's what I'm saying. I'm, we're saying mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. You still agreed yeah. to the greed of taking that <laughs> yeah, that you. large house with, got you. with the Cadillacs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the two Cadillacs. And yeah, I got you, Patrick. So you still agreed to it. Mm-hmm. So you, yes, the lender had the products. They better make money. Mm-hmm. Okay, the investors are there throwing those uh, subprime kind of uh, because remember that in a mortgage, this whole thing trickles down not only to Washington and investors. You have what are called mortgage-backed securities. So you have some investors at the back throwing money at these banks. Give us this mortgage. This browser didn't do in the Great Recession. Where were the, uh, where were the people like, so dude, you can't afford this home? We, we were here, but people weren't listening. The other part is we have personally experienced where we had fine jury and fur riders added to our homeowner's insurance policy. That's why I became... What? what, what, add what? We had fine jewelry and fur riders added to our homeowner's insurance. We were steered to low-income housing. When I looked at the settlement statements, because I have a mortgage background as well, a lot of those fees and costs on there 
They were just junk thieves that people could get away with because nobody was watching the numbers. That's the problem with the do-it-yourself mentality, and we're experiencing that now. We need You need to trust us in the community to be able to guide you and help you protect your wealth. I cannot emphasize that enough. Okay, thank you. I, I, so, But nope. we have not recovered. Still haven't recovered? We have no. not recovered. Okay, so since we have not recovered, now we're going to go to my next question. Since we have not recovered from the Great Recession and all these factors that keep us from getting the home and it caused us for having these low numbers at, at since segregation, what are the negative ratifications for blacks not owning a home during this economic boom? Can somebody answer to that? I think that we should be very serious about making sure how much equity that we have in our home, protecting our wealth. There are investors who come in and try to buy your home right from under you for a dime on the dollar. We need to be aware of the value of our home and we have to have a vision. One of the things that we've done is we have a number one bestseller on wills, probate, and real estate because we've got to be able to pass on that generational wealth. The homeowners are going to come back in the market if we can get their mindset based on the right priorities. They have to have a desire to home, to own homes. I came from a generation where my four parents were slaves. Okay. So we had a burning desire for home ownership. We've got to get back to the roots of wealth building so that we're willing to make the sacrifices, willing to exercise the discipline, willing to listen to people, and willing to build our own wealth. And I agree because I think that they're saying... The generation right under us, I think we're considered millennials. That yeah, they, I hate that word, but go ahead. <laughs> right, I don't think I'm a millennial, but um, they don't have a desire to even purchase a home. And statistics have shown that when you own a home, your wealth, I think, is around, for blacks, at least 90000 Okay. And about 50000 of that is from your home equity. And when we don't, our wealth is only worth about $2,000. Dang, that's over 50% of your equity. And rent is going to continue to go up. And rent is going up. It's an emergency. Mm -hmm. Our our national president has a, a cease and desist on the slide of black home ownership. It is a national emergency. We have got we have a two million and five campaign intentionally to get two million black people in homes over the next five years. It's an emergency. We have got to be diligent about that. We've got to eradicate the miseducation lead with counseling, and help people build a strategic plan to build generational wealth. That's okay. our responsibility. And I think it starts at home, too. You, you've got to start talking to your kids, and somehow we've got to get out there to our, you know, our, our college kids and, and just kind of educate them and let them know, yes, you need to buy the house before the car, and talk to them about, about credit and their finances. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm... I'm 36 years old. My parents still married, but none of them talked to me about a house and investments and wealth building, wealth building and none, nothing like that. So the reason why I say that is, how can I talk to my kid about something I don't know nothing about? Uh, let me come in there. That's a, that's a very good question. I believe we as African American professionals. We, we already have programs in place, and people like you that are also in the uh, networking, marketing. The key is information. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is power. Correct. Okay? And I'm trying to go ahead and start having like a weekly online class because 
the key part is 40% of people of well that's down to African Americans don't even know they can afford to buy Mm-hmm. They have the concept, oh, I can, I can buy a house. If you're paying rent, so whoever is listening, whoever is listening, <laughs> yes. if you're paying rent, you can buy a house. You can buy a house. Absolutely. Bottom yes. line, if you're paying rent, and this is the same thing we as lenders will look for. If you have a low credit scores or you have no credit, the first thing we're looking for, we call it non-traditional trade lines, is your rent history. What are you paying right now that is not showing on your credit report? The number one, the biggest one, is rent history. Now, now I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was renting in Michigan for like seven and a half years. And my number one mistake, I say to myself all the time, I didn't buy a condo. Because during the Great Recession, those condos were like, they were selling in the metro area for like 40000 50. Wow. I'm talking about decked out condos but I was scared mm-hmm. to get a home and and when I left in 2016 those condos doubled and tripled the price because I have I wasn't educated or I didn't have the people like you you all to educate me and tell me Marcus go ahead and get it although you were just making fifty sixty thousand dollars a year we'll have the same conversation five years from now if we don't act right now Correct. Mm. because the market price is not going down and I think a lot of buyers, they're still so surprised, you know, when we sit down and we're going through the home process and they're like, this is the same amount as, as, amount as my rent or it's, it's less than my rent. I, you know, I had no idea. Exactly. Typically, your mortgage payment is cheaper standard wise. Eight out of 10, almost in every case that come to my office, the mortgage payment will be lower than the same standard of house you're leaving while you're renting. Repeat that. Your mortgage payment okay. is always going to be cheaper than whatever you're paying in rent of the same standard of living you have. Now. Okay, the same renting. standard of living. Okay. So gotcha. my point is, you don't have to move over your go over your comfort zone. Right. If you're used to a one-bedroom apartment now, that's fine. Buy a one-bedroom condo. Mm. Okay? That's what I tell people. How much, when you come to my office, regardless of how much you can quantify for, the first question I ask you is, what is your cushion? What is your affordable How payments? much are you comfortable with? Yep. That's the first thing I ask, regardless of how much you can quantify for. How much you're paying there? I went to the wrong people. But go ahead. <laughs> I went to the wrong people. So the I, feel, I feel violated. That's the first question. So how much you pay now? I'm paying 800 Okay. Are you comfortable with $800 a month? Yes. You want it to be lower? Or, um, I want this $220,000 in my house. I can do $1,100. Okay, you can do $1,100. All right. Is $900 better off for you? That's the first thing. So the moment I get you down to your comfort zone payment-wise, then I tell you I transfer that into a mortgage. Then I tell you how much house you can qualify for. So the bottom line is you have no reason not to buy Man, I love you, Patrick. <laughs> Where were you three years ago, Patrick? Hey. We were here. And the other part of that is we do a ton of new construction. And when you take the energy costs, when you talk about the 2014 homes and, you know, we're old, buying houses five, younger. six, seven years old, the cost of energy can equalize what you would purchase for a new home. 
So look at all those factors combined. Utilities is typically not part of your income to debt ratio, but if you got an older home that's less insulated and you're having to pay four or $500, you get an energy efficient home and your utility bill for the same amount of square footage is at 150, 200, that's an extra $200 that can apply towards your mortgage and you get a newer home with less maintenance, better appreciation, typically better schools, and you can build more wealth with that. So we do a lot, a lot of new construction with that. One more. Y'all gonna have me mad I, even I, there. Y'all gonna have me mad I, I and, more, and beat up my thing. realtor. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Did you compare your um, income taxes for 2017 and 18 to see the difference? Now, we are in a Trump world for now. Let's be real. In terms of, you're not sure what changes will come up if he wins second term with the taxes. Please don't mention that. I'm a, I'm a tax. I'm just saying. I'm a tax. <laughs> I'm a, as a tax. I'm a bachelor's and master's in accounting. Okay. So I'm a tax accountant as well. When you buy a home, you have property taxes. You have homeowners insurance. You have your mortgage insurance. All these are taxable deductions based on your income brackets. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your tax brackets. So bottom line is, you might find a situation where the two thousand dollars you're paying in taxes on your property tax. They could be giving you back $400 back in your income tax. Mm. Okay? And if you are in business, part of that's your home. You can write up part of that's your home and a portion of it that you're using for business. So you gain two ways. You have a mortgage that has an interest of which is tax deductible. Now you have a property taxes that is tax deductible. You have homeowners insurance. And now you also have a portion of the house that you're living in, in your comfort. That's also part of it is not tax deductible. So why wouldn't you buy a house? Well, it means you won't be talking at the show. <laughs> and Go I, ahead, Alex. And I just want to say I work with, especially I still work with a lot of first-time home buyers. Okay. And like she said, we we do a lot of new construction. Okay. And they are so surprised to find out that they can buy a new home and bring absolutely no money to closing. And this is a brand new home. What? Yes. I had to bring some money to my closing. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And, and I had that. to bring. Yeah. Let me end this show before y'all get me cussing. Well, before <laughs> you end it. Alex is right. You can buy a home with no money down, not even a dime out of your pocket. And so we have. You mean to tell me I could have my seven thousand dollars in yes. my pocket, man? Yes. Yes. But now there's, all there's, the time. there's some perks to it. Okay. There's some perks. Look. There's some perks. <laughs> have programs now well the biggest one of course is the usda okay okay the usda alone is designed to decongest the city so the government came up like okay how can we encourage people to move over inside harvest garlic you know, new market and sometimes market. you still have a huntsville address yes so, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and they said oh okay we're gonna give you guys a map if someone wants to buy a house if they want to buy around this area, it's going to be a 100% financing with no money down. Their program's better than that, though. What were you saying right. about your, your, your uh, new homes? Well, like I said, we have to do a lot of new construction. And so if you're looking for a new home, is this okay? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm just getting mad, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> but text new home to 256-964-3031. Text new home the words 256-964-3031 and I will send you a list of new construction homes.
Alright, I'm about to end this show with the last question because I'm hot because I feel like I got used. Don't feel that way. You're a homeowner, you're building wealth. And I know you're building other equity. people. So, mm-hmm. so you are great you're a great conduit and we appreciate what you're doing. I hope Don't the people listening I'm being a sacrificial lamb for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna end the show with the last question by being positive. Um, and with your wealth of knowledge and expertise, what are the programs or organizations in place to increase black home ownership? Yeah, I might have said it earlier, but I wanted to make reiterate what programs we have today to help us as a people increase the home ownership from 3% to possibly 6% or something like that, or higher. Okay, let me start with locally in Huntsville. Now, with the Discriminatory Act, you have to be careful how you structure such programs so it won't be like you're catering to a particular race because you have the equal housing for everybody okay black, white. now but specifically what is helping african americans now i've seen the city of huntsville program okay although you're limited to the city of huntsville most people using that program are african americans so it's out there what program is this it's a five it's a seventy seven thousand five hundred dollars down payment assistance from the city of Huntsville. Wait, 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 wait. Seven hundred. Seven thousand five hundred. It's up to seven thousand five hundred dollars. Ten thousand for new construction. For new construction, correct. So for new construction is ten thousand. For regular housing is seven thousand five hundred. Up to, okay. And I am also am one of the lenders approved by the city of Huntsville for that too. Okay. So what this is 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 money you don't have to pay back. It's a grant. Yes, you just have a catch. You have to leave in the city of Huntsville for five years. Or you repay it. Or you so repay it. 20% is per year. for five years. After five years, you do not have to pay, pay it back. But so you have to go to the class. The house has to qualify, qualify with it. You. But it's out there. The bottom line is you guys need to come and see us. Because <laughs> <laughs> information is power. Knowledge is power. Yes, it is. Knowledge and information. That's what the African-American community needs now. Go to people that will take care of you take care of you plan ahead of time two or three months ahead i can tell you what you need to do and you go do it i get you a house and i want to say this too we're patrick is a loan officer but he owns his company mm-hmm. i work for Qualitech properties my mother is my broker okay so that means whatever money i make as a realtor right a percentage of your money goes to your broker i understand my money or my percentage that goes to my broker goes to my community okay that i want to support and so on and the same thing with patrick so that's something i want you know the audience to keep in mind when they go to do business do business with people who support where you support and who help the community you're in okay and make sure they're qualified Yes, please. Alabama is a GE state for real estate. Alex and I have master's degrees. A GE? What is that? It's a GED. You can have a GED GED. and help people with their largest lifetime investment. Okay. Uh, And and there's nothing wrong with that. But we have a mortgage background, housing credit, one-stop shop. I have a master's degree in business. She has a master's degree. I teach it. We've been in the community for 30 years. 30 years, and that's why we team with people who are equally qualified and good at what they do. Okay. Because we want to make sure that you have a very good experience all the way through the process of home buying. Trust us to do that for you. 
Okay. Great, great. Well, before I end, anybody got any caveats or anything? We're going to start an online class. This is this session has really motivated us. Um we, well, 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 thank you. <laughs> you done, yeah. You, you're doing so well, Marcus, and thank you for for doing what you do. All of your topics so okay. far have just been awesome. But we we used to do, especially you, used to do a lot of that, and you would have we up come over, and they were advertising. We would have the office packed out, and we decided that we want to start back doing that but okay. we're gonna do it more from a technological okay, space so yeah we you know where you can sit in your pjs and mm -hmm. get some information and i just want to appeal to first-time sellers if you're a first-time seller if you're looking to sell your home if you want to know what your housing value is please call us okay it's important that you protect your wealth when you sell you know just as much about being a first-time seller as you do being a first-time buyer so let us help you. The solution may be to keep what you have for investment and then buy what you want as you build wealth. We're going to help counsel you from a, from a perspective of wealth building. And from the lending side, if you are a first-time home buyer, buyer or you want to you know, increase wealth or you want to buy something bigger or you have questions or you even want to finance for your kids, you can even be a parent and help your kids buy houses. We have programs for that. So just call us. Knowledge is power. And, and, and we're here for you. We're here for the community. Like Alex said, we're going to start online classes. So you can be empowered and have no reason. I want to come back here in a year or two years and we're like, oh, my God. Look at the ratios from, you know, we moved from this in 2019. Let's start home. Let's start here in Huntsville, North Alabama, Madison, all this environment and empower our people thank you thank you very much i'd like to thank alex and miss brazelton and patrick for coming here and sharing their knowledge and wisdom on uh black home ownership decline uh i, I know i learned something today i know i'll be doing dealing with y'all later on in my life when it's time for me to sell my home and buy a new one and before i end the show i'd like to I want to do something new on my show. I'd like to do something called the book of the month. So the book of the month is called, can you pass me my book? Mm -hmm. uh, the book of the month for, um, I want my readers to read is called the hair story, the An untangling the roots of black hair in, a, in America. This book, I, I read the first chapter, tells you the, the, the history of black hair on all the issues we had to go through just to be accepted as who we are and the beginnings and how our hair was represents so many things. So if you get a chance, please read the hair storybook Untangling the Roots of Black Hair in America by Ayanna Bird and Lori Tops. So uh, as I get ready to close, I want to end it with a quote. I'll, and like you said, Patrick, knowledge is power. Economic freedom is salvation. But you put those two together. You can build a great nation. This is Marcus, Marcus Jones, uh, the realest man in Huntsville, and you're listening to Rebuke. Thank you.